This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. This week, Sony continues their power of promotion with a star-studded commercial for God of War. EA works with Marvel for the first time in over 20 years. Mortal Kombat goes mobile. And in our final stage, I take a magical joyride through Bayonetta 3. All this and more in this week's edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. again everybody and welcome back to another game filled edition of select start i am your host xavier josiah and we got some healthy and hearty news to talk about in the world of gaming this week some really awesome you know things in terms of uh promotions <laughs> came about this week we got some good announcements that we're going to talk about some bit of news that is worrying me and give me a little bit of skepticism but we'll talk about that soon and in our final stage i will be talking about bayonetta 3 as you as i mentioned in our uh, prior episodes i was waiting to see how things were going to turn out in regards to the helen and taylor you know uh situation and as a result i got bayonetta 3 so we'll discuss why that is and what i thought about the game because there's a lot to talk about with this game so we'll be talking about that later on at the end of our uh of our show so um let's get down to some news here and the first bit of news that's not even in my notes so i want to just uh bring that up before i get to the other stuff but uh naughty dog just announced that the series the live action series for the last of us will be premiering january 5th on i'm sorry january 15th on hbo max um which is the day after my birthday and i actually the it's mlk's birthday so you know very interesting choice of a day to do that but nonetheless we're getting it it's based on a one of the most popular series out there one of a few great naughty dog games out there now i never played the last of us i never had a desire to play the last of us and i know people always you know get shocked and excitement because their beloved game has been played by everybody around the world just like i haven't really got into the uncharted series like i tried to play uncharted i it's just not my deal i respect the fandom for the games and here's a here's a news flash not everybody's into everything that you're into and you have to deal with it and that's just life but nonetheless it's not that i don't respect it like i never like playing gran turismo but i i respect the amount of work that always went into the Gran Turismo games. I used to call it a game built by God because of the photorealistic presentation that they always provided, even dating back to the PlayStation 2. But I just never enjoyed it as a game, as a playable game with replay value for me. The Last of Us 
it's a genre that i'm not really you know really down with you know even though i did play like telltales the walking dead and all the stuff that's enough emotional type of roller coaster for me to get um the last of us i'm sure it's awesome it obviously is the the amount of sales that has gotten the um the popularity that is getting and the fact that they're getting in the live action series coming on hbo max so you know i will watch this is one of those situations just like uncharted like i never got into the uncharted you know uh series i tried to play it i tried to get into it i got to a certain level with the first game and then i just stopped i just couldn't get into it it's just not my feed you know there's some games that i love that people aren't into that's reality <laughs> but it doesn't matter it's what matters is what you enjoy not getting the acceptance from other people about what you enjoy if you're playing it for the acceptance of others then you're really not liking the game yourself who cares what other people likes in this case but with that said a lot of people love this game it is so much so that you know they they will be having a series so what i'll do is that i'll check out this I'll, I'll, i will check out this series like if this series intrigues me the way the walking dead did when telltale because the for those who don't know like i, I love the walking dead when it first became a thing and i was like when it when I never read the comic book until after the Telltale series. So basically what happened was, is that I was intrigued when t the Telltale game, which is a, which basically is a point and click, you know, story-based uh, you know, game that Telltale made for The Walking Dead. And I was uberly intrigued or utterly intrigued that this game, this point and click game became the game of the year. And not just the game awards that year but multiple games like people were so enamored and intrigued and at all of this point and click game that i became intrigued i'm like why what i there's so many awesome games out that year that the walking dead came out why did the walking dead receive the highest praise by many many outlets out there so I decided to check it out myself and I got it. I totally got it. It was so story driven and the char and character driven. It was just an amazing ride. It was an emotional roller coaster. I'm sure The Last of Us has, you know, done the same thing taken from that element of storytelling that the walk that Robert Kirkman in, in the Telltale series has done as well. And because of my enjoyment, my emotional ride with The Walking Dead, I then started watching the series and started reading the comics and I got really into it just like everybody else did. So this is one of those situations because I, I watched Uncharted 2 and I liked Uncharted the movie, but it didn't it wasn't enough to get me to really jump into the game. This is going to be another one of those situations like I'll watch the series. I watch an episode to see if I'm really into it or not, see if I can understand what the lore is will it get me to actually want to play the game that's part of what this series is supposed to it's like it's it's to appeal to the hardcore but it there needs to be an essence that will attract the casual fan i'm playing the part of the casual fan with this so 
I'm going to see if this is going to be intriguing enough that if the story, the premise, the character development, everything of this series is going to be enough for me to say like, okay, I really got into this series. I want to play the game now because I love this series so much. That's kind of the job here that's going to happen. So we'll see how this is going to, um, how this is going to work out. But uh, January 15th, it's coming. Stay, uh, you know, if you got HBO Max, add it to your uh, watch list and uh, get ready. It's coming. So there you have it. All right. With that said, we're going to talk about a game I am absolutely a fan of. I am eagerly waiting to uh, check out because we're just less than four day, five days away. Uh, it's probably four days at this point for the debut of God of War Ragnarok. And what did they do? And I knew this was going to happen. I had a discussion on a previous episode regarding, you know, uh, a thread conversation on our ACMG Facebook group. As we were talking about, like, you know, why are so many games have postponed from the, the day that God of War was coming? And I had to explain them like, because God of War is going to take up all the attention from people. It's good. It's it has a lot of financial backing, a lot of promotional backing to take away the it, it, it will literally overshadow other games that will be coming out that day and uh, or even that week for that matter. Like I feel bad for Sonic Frontier because um, Sonic Frontier is coming out also that day. Uh, Sifu is coming out for the Nintendo Switch. So if you don't own a PlayStation four or five, then that's one thing you could mess with Sonic Frontiers. But I mean, there are a lot of people on a Nintendo Switch. Don't get me twisted, but God of War, whether you own a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, this is the most anticipated, you know, sequel to come in a long time, uh, you know, in, in quite a few years. So um, the first one was extremely well received, being that this is a new chapter in Kratos life. This is older um, Kratos in this in this case. Um, and now we're going to see the follow up from this because people have been waiting to see the follow up for this for quite some time. So, but with that said, Sony has a hell of a lot of money to spend to do this as opposed to other companies and even more indie developers. So if you're an indie developer or if you're somebody who are who is coming out with a new game, chances are you want to wait because you got this game who's that's already majorly established who is that's incredibly known for every time God of War game comes out, it's going to be a smash hit. It's going to be heavily, um, you know, you know, uh, sold. It, it's going to be the number one game within the next few weeks. Th this guarantee because Santa Monica and, you know, PlayStation games or, you know, whatever the hell they call it, PS games or whatever the hell they call themselves now. Um, they are always, and whenever a God of War game comes out, it's always a highly rated game. It's always a game that never does wrong. So they built this reputation for being an incredible game or an incredibly developed AAA game. When you have that backing, it's, I mean, technically they, in, in, in a video game world, they are Marvel. In the video game world, these guys are Marvel. Whenever you see a Marvel franchise of anything, any Marvel movie that comes out, any Marvel project, studios project that comes out, fans gravitate to it because you know what to expect out of the out of what they're doing. This is no different here. So 
with that reputation, it's hard to come out with a brand new game, whether it be AAA or whatever like that, um, and try to compete with the sales of God of War. It is very godlike. Um, so a, we, it is believed that a lot of developers and companies decided we're going to postpone our game debut and not get anywhere around it. And one of our members had a hard time understanding that. And I told him, I'm like the, the, the promotional power of Sony is going to play a major fact here. And we seen it. We, we, we already saw it basically because you were able to see, I was in New York. I was in New York for New York comic-con and they were like just bus billboards. I like, you know, led bus billboards that you could see video and all that stuff in. They were already advertising God of War in New York majorly. That was in the beginning of October. This was the nail in the, this was the nail in the coffin of my, of my, um, of my discussion with this. This is, this literally proves my point because Sony came out with a new God of War promo featuring an all-star cast. This promo, which is a skit featuring Ben Stiller. And I have reason to believe that it that Ben not only starred in this, I think he directed this because this skit, if anybody followed Ben Stiller before he became a movie star, if you watch any of his movies, but if you watch the Ben Stiller show back in the day, which was his show, the original show on Fox, it was a um, variety show that had a bunch of skits that he put together. His comedy style is right up here. And this felt like this is a Ben Stiller directed <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a lot of say to how this commercial was going to be because it, it matched up to his comedy style. So this skit with Ben Stiller in full Kratos cosplay, like, I mean, he went, they went all out prosthetic scar in the eye, in the eye and everything. Like he went full blast over here with his son, his legitimate son, along with John Travolta and and uh and his daughter hella i believe and lebron james and his son who i believe is like a becoming a major star and um you know up and coming basketball star out there and he's you know him and his son been in a quite uh, he's in there another commercial too um advertising the jordans recently and and um who is it jason momoa is i think is playing jesus or something like that so the, the two are now becoming a bit of a duo and on um in commercials all of a sudden, which is awesome. Uh, but all of them are in a uh, like a parenting support group as they all gather to bond with their love for Kratos and God of War. <laughs> the kids are not having it though. And they are absolutely embarrassed that, you know, they have to endure this session when they could be doing anything else in life right now. So Travolta in here was just hilarious because he's trying hard to be noticed in the group. His daughter even uh, comes to him and lets him know that he's, you know, how thirsty he is. Uh, he's been acting and Travolta responds like, no, I'm hydrated. It's it that right there. I, I can tell that's a Ben Stiller like joke right there. LeBron, on the other hand, appears to be a little bit sad that uh, as his son rather, you know, rather plays against him than with him. I'm assuming they're talking about basketball, yet Stiller calls it a breakthrough because he's able to open up to the situation while somehow referencing Kratos and Loki's relationship in the game. Travolta 
Travolta's uh Travolta comes out and says like I want a little breakthrough <laughs> and ask his daughter why doesn't he uh hurt his feelings as well to which uh Helen replied okay you're old and bald and he responds just like Kratos this leads to all of them turning around looking at this huge frame painting of Kratos and Loki on it just hilarious Ben reminded John uh that he had you know he had said um you know he asked him like why didn't he wear um the costume and he he was about to uh you know how or no that, that wasn't the scene they go to the scene right here where he talks about like how did he feel about wearing the costume and John talks about Travolta talks about uh how you know he wore the costume at a farmer's market where people were looking and pointing at him with excitement his daughter told him that wasn't why they were looking it was because you were wearing loincloth ben had to correct hella by saying she was uh it was bear it was bear cloth <laughs> like people get that confused lebron's son asked uh why john isn't wearing the costume today in the session john john travolta says that the costume or his he, he considers it his armor he says his armor bears the scars of a recent battle to which hella reveals that he spilled salsa on it and john told his daughter and called her a tattletale lebron asked ben uh if he uh if the costume really helps ben asked does his costume helps when he plays basketball john reminds lebron that it is a costume to which lebron just shrugs in thought and it's 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 just an amazing amazing it's like three the, the commercial is like three minutes long you i can't really do it justice you got to go out and see it if you haven't seen it already it's just hilarious the digital version of the game itself is officially downloaded onto playstation 5s everybody's waiting for the midnight release of this game i cannot wait uh if you haven't turned on your playstation by now you should turn on your playstation because it's automatically downloading pending you have the memory space and capacity on your on your uh drive to do so but you can download it right now and it'll just be counting down to midnight of the release and you can play it on in midnight so hopefully i hopefully i will be able to play it at midnight because i got jury duty coming up so i don't know what the hell's gonna happen here or what's gonna happen next week with the election or anything but i'll have it ready we're just less than five days away um but this is what I was talking about. The, you know, some, you know, one of my, one of the guys that I was talking to in the ACMG Facebook group was utterly confused, but this is how Mark, you know, promotion and marketing works. You have the money to produce that power. It's going to attract a lot more people. And he figured because it's a triple A exclusive that it's, you know, it shouldn't, that's not true you're assuming see what, what he's what he doesn't have backed up in his theory is the statistics is the data and the data i'm pretty sure that a lot of these companies have looked at the data has looked at how many people owns a playstation 5 or a playstation 4 and or xbox series x and s and 360 and wonder is like okay there may be a lot more people that is that owns a playstation 5 so there is a high probability that people are actually going to you know purchase god of war you know if they got a hold of early sales and pre-orders or whatnot that will tell them alone you know 
and that makes decisions to say like okay we're not if if we put it out now it's going to overshadow us and we're going to lose money in sales you can't do that you have to strategically strategically come out on a day that you feel that people are going to be able to buy the game and no other game like god of war is going to be out that day because if it's out that day then that means people are going to spend money on that rather than the the game that you produced so it, and the same thing happens with um same thing happens with like movies movies are crucial i, I mean again i can't stress it enough i can give it a big biggest example batman and superman uh that the movie um Donor Justice was it, I believe, was supposed to come out the same day that, you know, Civil War came out, Captain America Civil War. And they immediately were at first they were gonna do it. And then they and then they found out that Spider-Man and Black Panther was gonna be a part of the deal. And it was like, nope, we're not gonna compete with that. <laughs> There's no way we're gonna compete with that. They postponed. <laughs> they postponed because they know that alone was gonna overshadow the appearance of Spider-Man and the MCU. And then on second that black panther debuts that's too much power to, to face you're going to get overshadowed um so they didn't do that it ended up coming out a little bit later and you know it would we figured out they didn't they wasn't going to be competition at that point so you have to strategically like this is all a part of how it works when it when it comes to business you have to strategize you can't just if, if you think that you could just come out with a game and think that that game is going to sell, even if though another game, another popular game that always gets millions and millions of copies sold is going to like, then you shouldn't be in business because part of doing business is strategizing the right time to do something. You have to do it. Your inside data matters. You, it, it's a mis it's a insanely huge misconception to think that people are just going to up and just you know launch a uh, it doesn't work that way it does not work that way yes you may not understand it but how about learning to understand it by learning how business is done yes it takes about like at least up to maybe a few classes and you know a few years to do it to understand it but once you understand it you get why things are done the way they are this is why it's you know this generation has become so problematic in terms of understanding truth understanding how things work understanding facts understanding because people don't really want to learn they just want to assume that they know and instead of just you know actually learning how things are done you know but that's how it that's part of i mean I, and i'm just giving a, a vague basic i understanding of how this is done there's a lot more to how everything is go but that's part of with some of the steps that they're taking to say like okay we're going to come out with this game we're going to heavily promote this game the games that have come out that were supposed to come out at around the time and there's games there are still games that are coming out god today but i'm referring to games that have a possibility of actually making profit they're you know there's some games that were like, no, we we've worked too hard on this. We don't want to be overshadowed after all that because you know a game like God of War is going to come out. No, we we have to strategize this properly because we want to get as much sales as possible. And this is becoming the holiday season, so you definitely want to make sure that you profit big time on a holiday season. And it is absolutely beginning now. So, you know, 
I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get my hands on it next week. It's finally here. Um, man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. So, um, what other news that I have here? So Marvel, <coughs> excuse me. Marvel is doing something that they haven't done in quite a bit. That is work with electric electronic arts, EA and Marvel working together for the first time in 20 years for a three game deal. Electronic Arts and Marvel have decided to work on a new project, a new few new projects actually, with uh, Iron Man being the first. Now, we haven't seen an Iron Man games. Last Iron Man, true Iron Man standalone game that we saw was done by Sega, and it wasn't really received well. Um, both they did both a really crappy, you know, standalone game. And then they also did a really crappy mobile version of that game too. Iron Man up until, you know, Marvel Avengers. Marvel Avengers can technically be Iron Man's best, uh, the best game uh, that is involving Iron Man out there. Um, and with a, with a definite other one to maybe Marvel Ultimate Alliance or even some of the fighting games. But a, a actual Iron Man standalone game has not been something that has been successful you know, as of yet, EA is hoping to change that. We will see, uh, EA's, uh, COO, Laura, uh, Melee, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, stated that working on the licensed IP should, uh, help expand EA's, uh, ambition to reach new players and grow its user base. And what better way to do it than have Marvel, uh, license from Marvel behind their back? Because when you got Marvel backing you up, that means something more than ever than it ever did with its association with um disney now this is due this could be due to the success of their previous disney licensed games such as star wars uh based on uh, the star wars universe which uh, has been which is said to have sold millions of copies with games like star wars battlefront which has been one of their more popular game series sold more than 33 million copies so I'd say that's a success. Plus, people are still actually somewhat playing the game to this day. They are um, their mobile game, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which generated this. When I read this, I, 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 man, it, it just kind of infuriated me. <laughs> Guarded, Galaxy of Heroes generated a billion from microtransactions. This annoys me because microtransactions in this base. It, it, my opinion, but in some cases, my fact, it's such a horrible microtransactions is such a horrible and shady business uh, structure. And to me, it's like the fact that they made a billion off of microtransactions on a mobile game, a game that you don't even own. You're forking in so much cash for that. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's oh, it infuriates me. I, I hate the idea because you're paying for something and I get it. I guess if you, if it makes you feel good, go with it. But this to me is just the way that we play games and purchase games and own games in the past is like becoming a lost art in a sense, because I liked owning my games. I like being able to play a game that I haven't played in like 10 years ago and still being able to play it. I don't want to play forking money for one game and play that over and over again. And I can't play it because I can't pay for it. So 
them if what people don't do is people don't do the math people refuse to do the math because if they did they i don't think they would be spending as much money i think they're they're using ignorance as bliss when playing you know mobile games it's like it's just it's it's kind of the same vice as smoking like you don't realize as a smoker you don't realize i don't smoke by the way i'm straight edge but as a smoker you don't realize how many how much money you spent on boxes of cartons or you know menthols or whatever like that and or, you know i used to work at cvs i i had to remember all that stupid crap but um oh and the amount of cartons that you spend in a year and if you did you know, just imagine when you look at the amount that you spend on you know on cigarettes or you know mobile game and that purchases and microtransactions and all this stuff you realize how many actual games that aren't microtransactions how many of those games you could have brought or how much how many clothes you could have bought or how much you know or how many new game systems you could have bought and then i usually hear a lot of people say like well i can't afford this but you're spending money on microtransactions for a for one game for one whole game experience that to me burns me and a part of me thinks i can't blame the industry in some cases because i feel like it's up to the individual at the end of the day to make that decision to make a choice but there are kind of methods some may say unethical methods that you know these people use to you know algorithms that are used to mess with the gamers and, and, and the target audience psyche to to get into these things i remember when dc universe came out and uh league of heroes or or to that nature or those those monthly subscription games the online games that we used to play i remember when i saw dc heroes because i've always wanted to play dc heroes i you know it was a game where you could just go around as a superhero your own created superhero and it was created in the design of jim lee so i was absolutely intrigued by that but what i wasn't what, what the big turnoff for me was the monthly subscription so i'm like you want me to pay 50 dollars a month for a game for one game and if you do the math it's hundreds of dollars that you're spending a year off of one game and i'm thinking like that amount i can spend getting a whole bunch of other new games and have a lot more fun and a lot more diversity in my in my game uh, in my gaming throughout the year or i could use that money for other things <laughs> rather than just one game so I, I i implore people if you're listening if you're playing in these games in these in these uh mobile games that require you to you know court it this is the new arcade deal this is like the new deal where you actually uh it's like you're you know your court you're you're uh putting in a quarter and you're playing a game but if it's not for the fact that there are other games like rather be physical or digital that you could play that doesn't require you to have um to spend any more than what you have maybe unless you want dlc extra content added onto it and that's your choice but it's still nowhere near as the amount that you would have for microtransactions and in, in at purchases and whatnot so i i just think that the the that that business practice is so shady in my opinion but if you did the math i guarantee you're gonna 
flip when you realize how much you you're paying on a yearly basis playing one game so i i implore people do the math do the simple math and realize what you could do with that money and it, I, I guarantee you could play a whole bunch of other games <laughs> and there's some awesome awesome games that you do not have to keep overspending on and over investing in so but i digress marvel's last saray with the with ea was less than uh was like a less than popular fighting game in 2005 called marvel nemesis rise of the imperfects um this game sucked and i had it i had it for the psp um and i had it for the playstation 2 this game was terrible and this was supposed to be uh i guess ea was trying to combat you know capcom because capcom came out with marvel versus capcom at the time and you know it just didn't work out it, it was a horrible game and i get it that was over like 20 it was 2015 it's 2022 new regime new developers you know i you know i can't say that you know they're the same company that they were hopefully they're not the same company that they were because the old ea i used to call evil assholes plainly because they were if you look at ea's history they were known for two things one of the first studios to have a hollywood you know uh fully developed and filled studio with all these awesome things that they do to cater to the developers and the staff there for recreational purposes but the other thing they were known for was overworking your employees and that stuck with them for a very long time that the the staff there was so was like put out lawsuits for them because they were being overworked they could they never got a chance to go home and see their families for days especially this is during the lord of the rings developing uh development for that series and it was it was a harsh thing man it's like people were really really upset with ea at the time and then they started doing a whole bunch of other things and the microtransactions and everything with that and it's just it's crazy but um hopefully one two a few things hopefully when they make these marvel games that it doesn't involve any loot crates or microtransactions in it at all two that is absolutely like i i did i never finished i still never finished the fallen order but i still do like it um i think i love the force unleashed a lot better than than uh that even though the force unleashed didn't age well nowadays but it's still an awesome game with an awesome concept and awesome character in there uh but you know there was a lot uh, to like about the fallen uh jedi i said the fallen order didn't i um it was a lot to like about the fallen jedi but there was also some things i did not like about it like i hate the maps i hate the maps on the fall um on the fallen jedi um but there was a lot to like about that game in terms of like just full gameplay and um you know just a look feel the acting uh the presentation and all this stuff just the navigation sucked in that game but we'll see we will see the first one is definitely an iron man game there's two other games that have come out there was no indication as to whether it will be an actual uh mobile game or an actual platform title so we will see as time long, but they're officially in. They made the announcement uh, recently, and we'll see how that goes from there. You know, can can we can uh, EA get back into the good graces of the gamers? We'll find out. So, also, 
Warner Brothers Games announced a new mobile game based on the Mortal Kombat series. Not exactly what people were looking for, but hey, it's here. Um, the upcoming mobile exclusive entitled Mortal Kombat uh, Mobile will be an RPG, which is very interesting that will give fans a new journey and experience into the Mortal Kombat universe. Although this is not the first Mortal Kombat entry into mobile gaming, this may be the first role-playing game entry in its uh, in a series. Mortal Kombat Mobile, which was released alongside uh, Mortal Kombat 10 and Mortal Kombat 11, was a downloadable kind of, a, I, I guess you could call it a fighting game, but it was, I for, it's not really, it's like a swipe type of fighting game, you know, uh, put over, but it was downloaded over 150 million times. I know because I also downloaded it myself. You know, when you played the game, it also connected to the actual um, platform console games because you get extra DLC and content if you do. So, you know, you have that situation. This, it was a pretty, it was a pretty sweet deal. And this was one of the mobile games that didn't exactly make force you to go get microtransactions and loot crates and all the stuff. So it was a pretty good deal. Uh, this announcement is in addition to the celebration of Mortal Kombat's 30th anniversary. If you remember, they actually just had um, Snowblind recently, which was the movie that came out around uh, the beginning of October and the best Mortal Kombat animated anything that they've ever done. And uh, Ed Boon, is on uh is on and his social media fun fashion uh fashion self posted uh, a pic of a skeleton underwater sitting in a chair with the caption patiently waiting for the news for netherrealm studios or nrs is what they say but netherrealm studios next game this wasn't exactly the game that we were looking for by the way the the actual title for the mortal kombat game is entitled mortal kombat onslaught so for the, this is the name of the RPG, but um, it is aiming for a 2023 release. Hopefully we will get more info on this. First of all, yeah, they're working on this. They gotta be working on Mortal Kombat 12. But also, can we, Can I, hopefully some way or form or fashion, can we just somehow, and I know there's the situation with Warner Brothers Discovery that is still going on. They're still doing a lot of cleaning and changing and all and such going on here but can we somehow some way before it's too late get the injustice games onto the switch there's no reason why those two games are not on the switch there's no way i don't mean and i mean the like a actual port i really love both of those games and if you could put injustice in the psp you damn sure can put injustice into the nintendo switch part uh, one and two with ease no problems so much more you could do with that so please let's do that all right folks that is all the news that i wanted to talk about in this segment we're going to take a break come back and when i do we're going to talk about bayonetta 3 and what i thought about that as well as everything that has come about that situation we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto! 
This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! gentlemen they and them you have reached the final stage of this program and i am here to give my thoughts on bayonetta 3 uh this is platinum games recent installment into the bayonetta series uh before i even continue to talk there may be a few bit of spoiling points in this game so uh, in this uh discussion so if you have not played this game or ever finished this game i highly recommend that you wait play the game and then come back to this because there's there were some developments in this that uh you know changes the way you think about everything now not even just the, the game itself but what happened involving the controversy between helena taylor and um and platinum games it, it i i it, it made me think because of the results of everything is like was it worth it all to do was it worth her going out of her way to do what she did without even reading the script first <laughs> because you know it, it's just i got so many questions after playing this game not just that situation but the risk that was take taken it you know by doing what she did and then also everybody that was involved you know what it would have been for them if she would have been able to you know achieve what she was trying to achieve and how will it affect not only just her and platinum games but everybody involved who put into the development in this game because there was a lot and i mean a hell of a lot put into this game okay let's talk about it now bayonetta 3 is the third and possibly final installment of cereza's adventure and who if you're asking who the hell is cereza cereza um cereza is the real name of bayonetta that's you know bayonetta is like a code name that she goes by so the story comes with a heavy multiverse with heavy multiverse implications and timeline implications as well so there's a bit of time travel and multiversal travels in here which made this game feel like a hybrid of x-men days of future past meets dr strange in the multiverse of madness here so here's how the story goes basically try to simplify this as much as possible because nothing there's nothing simple about bayonetta it was always just extremely you know eccentric and elaborate like crazy um a witch in training known as viola along with her sword forming cat cheshire travels from an alternate universe and timeline to find bayonetta to stop a major uh, major threat 
who is hell-bent on destroying the multiverse, along with other variants of Bayonetta. To make sure, all this is basically to make sure that his, or them, or they, Alphaverse, remains the only universe standing. With the help of uh, fellow Umber Witch uh, Jean, uh, and reporter Luca, who also plays a major role in this, of course, I mean, Luca's been in since day one, since, you know, the first game. But, you know, there's some answers that we get from his status in this game that we've been wondering since, you know, one. So we kind of get some things, we get some things answered with Luca this time around in here. Um, along with Rodin, and Enzo, they're all back, and they must travel through various universes to acquire chaos, the, what is known as items that is known as the Chaos Gears that will lead them to the Alphaverse where Singularity resides. Singularity is the person behind all of this going on right here. He has the ability to create what is called Monkey which are humans that are turned into man-made weapons uh, that will help him fight alongside to take over these you know different universes and whatnot so this is basically a time travel multiverse saga they're you know jumping on a bandwagon of the multiverse deal like everybody else um they with that said it didn't feel over overdrawn in this case like we've seen it before and everything but you know this is bayonetta doing it now and you know it's not to be taken serious whatever like anything that you see on bayonetta in terms of story you don't really it's just chaotic it's always chaotic it's over the top it's adult swim level fun and if anybody's in here looking for a really solid like uh sensical story you're not getting it here it's nonsensical but in the best way in the most fun way here so like let's talk about it here the you know the over the top hack and slash gameplay adds a lot more to the mix here with with the use of gunplay of course that we've seen before melee weapons overly exaggerated melee weapons i might add and now the ability to sun to summon demon slaves when facing large-scale demons and angels uh the weapons are crazy and outrageous as you would expect with some of the defying with some of them just defying logic and reality yet providing some crazy and insane fun um that you you know you're not you, if you play one band at a game you know what to expect these things these things are just over the top like there's no way this this can happen in real life <laughs> filling up your energy gauge will also allow you to activate what is called the masquerade rage which transforms bayonetta into some form based upon the uh demon slave that she is summoning or you know endure, enduring at the time so depending on the weapon that you have depending on the demon slave that you uh harbor you'll turn to this form so uh by pressing the l and r analog triggers you will unleash the power you like at least a powerful form and or you'll be able to take out enemies faster so i mean basically if you've seen this before from platinum games um you've seen it again you've seen it on devil may cry this is no different this is when De like dante going into devil mode or nero going into devil mode or whatnot so this is you did just as that just that same mechanic feature um but the, the demon slayer i mean the demon slave mechanic has you controlling like giant kaiju sized monsters by holding on to the zl shoulder button and hitting one of the attack buttons which you'll see bayonetta going into like a choreography dance ensemble because 
part of her witchcraft is her doing choreograph you know dance ensembles while uh magic is being you know produced from her it's it some of the choreography is just hilarious in here um and they really go at it at the end they really i mean it's just re like how are you doing all of you're doing a whole entire paula abdul style dance number to project and produce this magical you know sorcery if you will it's just hilarious it's it's so outrageous so um the, the demon slayer i mean i keep saying the demon slayer the demon slave you know mechanic can be taken out temporarily if you are attacked by one of the kaiju monsters or whatever or if you're hit as well if, if somebody attacks bayonetta successfully um it will be out temporarily but you'll be able to uh you know to produce it once again once the meter is filled you have up to at least three to summon at uh at uh, at one point so and you could change up at any time once everything's filled um the game once again has a skill tree system allowing you bayonetta and viola who you'll be able to control uh to improve their melee attacks and skills and uh demon slaves as well just and just like previous uh installments of the series bayonetta will be able to switch into various color schemes with the hair the the actual outfit that she's wearing and have other outfits as well that you can uh, acquire throughout the game's progress the by gaining gems halos and demon seeds uh at, which uses as currency you can buy accessories health and magical res restoration items uh images for galleries and skins as well speaking of the gallery once again what i love about the bayonetta games is that they really want you to get immersed into the world so their galleries and they have a bunch of bios of not only just the, the main characters but the enemies that you face and the weapons everything they put a lot of detail into these games now i've always appreciate i, I think we as gamers take for granted the amount of detail that they put in and just think it's like oh it's just as common no when that's a it's a hell of a lot to do where you have to not only just create and design you got a department that creates and design you know the actual characters but then you have writers that has to write storylines and you know you know and actual you know stories and, and premises and origins for each and every single item they even got like bios on the weapons and all that stuff so if you really want to get immersed into the actual whole universe of bayonetta you can by just reading all of that content on there and it's for you to read and that's a, i think we don't give that enough enough credit as far as the attention to detail because we're so a lot of us come off so entitled to what we're getting right now so i mean take note on that and just really and, and, and appreciate the amount of work that goes into these games um one of the great things about bay three is the diversity of gameplay styles that throughout the game you are not just playing a wide scale hack and slash 3d platformer you will also play in various side missions and mini games that will change up the way you play the game making it the experience and replay value a lot of fun and never get bored or it slows down at any time it never slows it is just high octane fast paced high speed fun and action packed so other play styles range from 2d side scrolling missions that you were playing with jean uh which feels like a hybrid of the original nes metal gear and elevator action if you will yeah i can tell there's some fans of that both of those games in here a lot of stealthy type of action that goes on with that side mission mini uh game 
other play styles um, are also like rhythm based mini games that you play out through the game. And uh, of course, the classic QTE mini games throughout the action, you know, that goes on. You'll be uh, doing as well the Megaton, you know, uh, button smash, you know, deal you do there. Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Kaiju Battle mini game <laughs> that, <laughs> that uses the rock, paper, scissors format as you face giant homunculus in Godzilla fashion. So can't stress it enough. It's a lot. It's so much. It is just so awesome. It's like it doesn't. What I love about it is it, it this game and Platinum Games does what any artist is told to do. Um, my art teacher always tells me, you know, what I loved about it is that like he always noticed when I design is that I provide variety. I provide diversity in my artwork. Like if I was doing a black and white design piece, like I have in my office right now that I did when I was in school. Basically, what I think he enjoyed the most about my work was that I was able to not just have one thing to focus on in my work. I would have so many other different elements that you can see. So it's not just me looking at, you know, just center at the center of the actual work. There's actually something that you can look at on the side and the top corner and right here and here. And it, what it does is that it stimulates you for more than a fair time. And he would always say, God rest his soul. He would always tell us like, if I can't be stimulated for more or captivated for more than like a minute, this was a fail. So the idea is to always provide a variety of different things to keep you motivated and stimulated and captivated throughout the entire time. Platinum Games has done that with this game because it's not just you Every stage that you go through is the same type of stage, the same type of fighting environment, the same type of thing. No, they change it up every single time. Like in one stage, you're just doing 3D hack and slash platforming. And then on other times you're doing side scrolling. And then on other times you're doing rhythm based games. And then another time you're doing a huge giant Kaiju battle. And another time you're just like enjoying the CG, um, this, the, the, you know, the cutscenes or whatever like that. And also on top of that, if you go back and play the game, you could change up things from the way you look. So it's not the same thing. You change, you know, you you could change Bayonetta skins, making it a whole different format because when you play through the cutscenes, you're also playing using the skins that you buy. This is not like, this is like all in like kind of real time type of situation. Whereas like, it doesn't just cut to a scene where you're just wearing the generic, you know, basic costume. And then it goes to the scene and you're in a different costume. No, whatever you wear, which I'm seeing a lot of games do. I just the same thing. They uh, they did the same thing with um, Gotham with Gotham Knights just recently, and other games have done it too. But a lot of times it's just like you start at the beginning, and then you could change up. And, and Spider Man did it too. The Spider Man games have done it too. There's been a, quite a few games that have done it, but I think that it needs to be done more often, especially more now that we're getting in to this new generation. Uh, with these updated processors and all the stuff that can really hold the uh, uh, the the power to do that, because what it does is that it makes the experience your personal experience. That because you're picking the outfits that you want, you're picking the weapons that you want, and those weapons will be seen in every single you know cutscene or whatever, and it, the outfits will be seen in every single no matter what you pick, it'll be seen in every single cutscene. So that type of diversity really kicks in, and it really excites you. Also, shout out for the fact that they fought in the Platinum State, the Platinum Game Studio. 
in there and they had the mascot that was seen in astral chains on there as well so i just wanted to point that out but this type of diversity is something that every game needs like now granted this is no nuance here it's just done really well it is really well done we've seen soda 51 do this all the time with no more heroes uh where you have this type of you know thing where he's doing one thing he's you're doing stage platforming but then you switch up to some different type of you know playing you know uh format i think what they did here with bayonetta 3 is exactly what they did there but they did it better and i love no more heroes 3 oh excuse me i love what they did with no more heroes 3 and, and all the no more heroes games but i think they were able to do so much more with bayonetta 3 and the gameplay is a lot more fluid than you would see in uh, no more heroes um it, it's just beautifully done if you played any platinum games uh titles you know what to expect but bayonetta 3 we we waited a long time for this and it was already worth the wait on that alone um let's talk about viola here viola also has our own stages complete with our own move set and abilities to transform cheshire from a sword to a giant cat who fights alongside with you um viola of course or viola i believe is what they pronounce it viola basically it plays a major role in the game with a secret regarding why she must say bayonetta and other i won't spoil that much but when you start to play the game and you go through the story you kind of put two and two together what's going on here and you know that's one of the things that you know gets answered but you know she must save bayonetta and others from singularity's destruction through through uh the multiverse the presentation of the game is the most elaborate of all the bay games because you have bigger map stages there it makes you it makes it feel like it's an open world stage but it's actually not um it's just actual huge map stages that you can go into and then you just switch to another stage but it gives you that open world feel because it's not it's it's open world but it's not like an open world where there's no loading time there's going to be loading time because you're switching to other different stages but each stage provides an enormous huge amount of uh, landscape that you can uh, travel to and explore in there so while the story and character portrayals have never been something that should be considered sensical in the slightest i find bayonetta 3's plot to be the better of the trilogy thanks to the multiverse plot which kind of you know everybody understands the multiverse situation now with thanks to marvel and dc and the such um and you know we're we are used to this whole thing but you know this was you know a lot more easier to understand and almost you know we see it in everything these days so most people don't really play bayonetta to experience the concrete and strong plot <laughs> with uh solid character development bayonetta, bayonetta is plainly to just enjoy for it's just chaotic for his chaotic you know um fashion and, and premise here you know they play it mostly for the mind-numbing, rapid-paced thrill ride experience and that, it, that we're all accustomed to in the series. In that sense, Bay 3 does not disappoint. In fact, I found it to be surprising in terms of the story direction here, where it does make sense, you know, for the most part. And you do pay a little bit more attention. I felt like I paid a little bit more attention to the story here than I have in, in the previous titles and installments. But um, when it comes to the voice portrayal, of Bayonetta's voice by now Jennifer Hell. You know, honestly, you really couldn't tell. Like Jennifer Hell, I thought did a really great job playing as Bayonetta and 
I haven't played the other two in quite some time, but I feel like I will go back just out of curiosity. But I feel like if you didn't tell me that Jennifer Hale was playing this role and Helena Taylor was still doing it, I would have thought that it was still Helena Taylor. <laughs> I mean, she did that much of a great job. It's a reason why they hired her. It's a reason why she, and she, she did the job to the utmost of her awesome abilities here. I mean, there are fans that are hating the idea due to the somewhat controversy, but other people have turned around since we found more information about the controversy. But it's unfortunate how things happen. But with that said, Jennifer did an awesome job as this role. And um, I really, really appreciated the efforts that she put into because she's she's great. I mean, I loved her in uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, pretty much loved her in everything she does. And she and honestly, anything that is going on within that situation, nobody should have never put her one. I think she shouldn't have never stepped into it. But also, I don't think people should have tried to vilify her in this whole thing because she had nothing to do. She's a sweetheart. She is an angel. Um, just drop it. Her performance in here was really stellar, as, as you would expect. Um, it's just a shame that the game has such controversy, uh, almost, almost, almost shadowing it prior to the release of the uh, game. But at the end, I think the game is a win. I think Platinum Games won for the most part. Um, really, more thanks to Helena Taylor not providing, you know, legitimate, legitimate information that she should. You know, they they almost lost out. We almost lost out on the opportunity to play this awesome game here. So overall, despite the controversy with Bayonetta 3, and it makes me wonder too, before I even go there, and it, it makes me wonder, when I played the game, and I'm thinking like, Helena Taylor, Jennifer Hill, I, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one here. I didn't really think about the other actors that were involved in this game, the other, everybody that was involved in this game, like, what, whose side are they on in this? Like, were, did she let them know that she was going to do this? Was there a discussion in regards? Because I, I don't recall, and I've checked some of the other actors who played in these roles. I haven't heard, of course, they can't say anything because of NDAs. I get that. But there was not one thing mentioned. And normally, sometimes when the guild comes together, they support each other. There was, there wasn't too much support from the actual cast. There were more support from actors outside of the cast of that. And some of them were like, you know, scale performers that has opened up to that part, but none of the actual cast has really said anything or, well, I mean, again, they can't say anything, but you would have thought that there was some form of if Dave, if she got issued what she got, then I'm pretty sure they probably got something similar or less than, and they might not have been okay with it, but you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't, I hope that she would have confronted them to say like, I'm going to do this instead of just doing it on her own. And then on top of that, jeopardizing all of their opportunities by not say, by by just you know saying like boycott this thing because when you boycott it you're not only screwing the company out you're screwing the actors that you worked alongside with you know even though you guys do single booths you're still working as a team 
so it made me think about all that too like how how the cause and effect of this is really interesting when you really put everything into perspective there so it, i it just makes me think but i digress overall despite that controversy bayonetta 3 more than delivered fans been waiting for this game for a very long time and dare i say it was absolutely worth the wait i didn't find any issues with this game from start to finish i enjoyed it and the fact that i could go replay it you know there's no like new game plus to it in per se but it's like you could just go back and replay the stages as many times as you want and still have all of these situations all of the items and everything and still level the characters up the way you want to in here it's just fantastic um just it, it the replay value is insanely over the top as the game is as well but the game's ending did leave it open-ended so it could be the ending of one chapter and the start of another here because somebody ain't coming back and somebody is looking to be the new successor of this whole thing <laughs> i'll just put it there but nonetheless if and we got closure on one big situation involving the major um the main characters here so nonetheless if you're hoping this game was worth it with all the craziness that's going on you know that came leading up to it i can tell you this is another reason to own a nintendo switch the bayonetta series alone all three of the bay series absolutely worth getting the uh, nintendo switch for man it's just incredible bayonetta 3 has stepped the game up incredibly um just despite the issues involving you know everybody in that situation it is officially now number two the number two most sold game on the nintendo eShop, and it is damn worth it um it should damn sure be number one and maybe it will be because holiday season's coming you never know what the hell is going to happen but for your holidays for your, for a holiday game i highly recommend this be one of them so and why because i give the grade of an a plus for this because my enjoyment of this was just fantastic so go out of your way bayonetta 3 is out now on i was about to say disney plus on the nintendo eShop and uh store any stores that you could buy it from so folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh this sunday it's finally coming it's finally here one piece film red uh thank goodness that these um anime movies are now being played in more theaters than it ever was before because now it's playing up in my neighborhood theater so i will be checking it out on saturday probably the last thing i'll do before jury duty comes because i don't know what the hell is going to happen whether i get picked or not and for what if i get picked you know how long is this trial going to be i just hope two things i'm going to be sure i'm going to check out this movie i'm going to talk about this movie sunday and i'm definitely going to see black panther wakanda forever when it comes out next week and i will be reviewing that now the question is will i be doing it myself because i've invited a guest and we are absolutely down for doing a review so i'm going to have a guest and which means i'm going to be doing a video episode of wakanda forever if i if everything falls into play if he will be coming back to uh, join me for this because he said he was down to do it um we will be doing it so i'll make that announcement as to who it is uh next week just want to make sure that we are locked in before i you know say this but we're gonna you know talk uh, about this movie this much anticipated movie coming and i felt that it was even just it was I, I, I you know this movie is so big i wanted to ha uh, have thoughts with somebody who may or may not like it or just enjoy it as well 
um but get get another thought on this and then you know just make it special while well, do it um a whole entire video episode and audio episode for this too so if everything comes into fruition and hopefully i'll find out soon uh we will definitely give you notice that um i will be doing this a, a my like one of my rare video episodes that we doing. this is not a talk time exclusive this is like literally just a talk time live episode reviewing wakanda forever so we will see but nonetheless we will be here so if you enjoyed this episode and every episode you could go out of your way go to the official website for acmg presents talk time live at talktimelive.com you can check out all of our audio episodes our video exclusive interviews with some of the best and brightest in your favorite fandoms and media content from repop that i did panels with um guess what bleach is out today the english dub version of bleach the thousand year blood war is out today johnny young bosch stephanie shea michelle roth who i had the pleasure of doing a panel with for repop um last year which is available on uh go to Popverse. you can check it out there as well uh that's available now and it's out it should be out today they said 12 o'clock uh pacific standard time which means it's three o'clock uh eastern standard time uh in the east coast which is fun because that's kind of like old school you know after school time you know we used to go home come after school transformers will be on and gi joe and all those stuff like we come home from school um hoping that our parents wouldn't make us do our homework during the process of that first but it was uh awesome times and it looks like there a new episode will be airing every friday so stay tuned for that the english uh versions as well so on hulu exclusively on hulu apparently so uh go ahead and check it out but um all that is on talktownlive.com and if you want to subscribe and download and support this podcast like many of you have been doing and i'm grateful for it you can also do that and pass the word to check it out on spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher Podbean, tune in audible pocket cast pandora and if you're on tumblr go on the search engine type in talk time live you'll find that show on there you can listen and watch to whatever your heart's content on there as well support us and keep supporting us and reblogging and save you know and sharing and whatever of this show we uh greatly appreciate all the you know appreciation and support that we get from here so that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. I am out of here. Take care, and I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.